Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We are back. Tech Talk with Doug Swinhart underway following the news and weather at 11 a.m. A week ago, we had NFL draft coverage. We are back at our normal time, and Doug is in today. Doug, how you been? Absolutely wonderful, Steve. Keeping busy, I'll tell you. People are still yeah. trying to work from home and doing their thing, but it's going pretty well. Yeah, good news indeed. By the way, our phone number is 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. If you want to call the program, that number works. If you want to text the program, same number, 651 989 9226. Doug, I, I happen to be uh, poking around on the internet, and one of the things I cannot get over is how cheap solid state drives are. If you have an older computer, you have talked about it before, and I want to get into it right now. This is really affordable, and a solid state drive will probably do more to improve the performance of your machine than just about anything you could do. Oh, there's no question about that. And the reason for this price drop, Steve, just to let you know, um, the original solid-state drives would read and write data somewhere between 400 and 500 megabytes per second. That's fast. Since they've come out, there's a new technology that uses solid-state drives but actually uses the PCI ports in a motherboard, which doesn't restrict the speed, and they're going as much as 4,000 megabytes per second. So that's the new technology. The next technology that came out brand new, what, eight, nine years ago, has taken huge steps down in price. And even the new NVMe, non-volatile memory uh, express bus SSDs, even they're dropping in price already. So, yeah, this is an emerging technology that's fun to watch. But any computer bare minimum machine, you're going to get four times the overall performance with the SSD upgrade. It's just phenomenal. Yeah, it, it is incredible what what a machine can be transformed into with, uh, if it's available, uh, add RAM and then add a solid state drive can, can take a, an old machine that you may be thinking of getting rid of and turn it into an almost new machine. Oh, that's absolutely true. And, and in fact, uh, many of the machines that might not qualify to run Windows 10, for example, with this normal drive, with a solid-state drive, they will. And you got to be careful with drivers with the older equipment. 
Uh, generally, it's a good idea to check the manufacturer to see if you can update. But even if you can't update, there are literally turning into hundreds of alternatives. Um, there's many other alternative operating systems coming out. Uh, the one in Cambridge that's been in development for 20-some years, that's going to be one to look forward to as well. That's supposed to run Windows, Unix, Mac software, the whole works. So that should be fun to look at. And that's been in development now for, I believe, 30 years. And that's going to be an exciting one to look at, too. So alternatives are right around the corner, and it's coming. Don't get the – I think it's bad for people to just say, well, I'm going to throw that equipment away. Not a good idea. Might be worth some big dollars even a year or so down the road. So if you got the room, hang on to it. It is Tech Talk. Doug Swin the Heart is joining us. And the phone number is always – Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Call us or text the program six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. And let's get started on the text line today. Uh, we, we got this one early, so we'll get to it right away. Can you tell me how to fix a camera that's not working with Zoom? A blue screen pops up just about every time. I try and use the camera, and they didn't say if it was a laptop or if it was kind of a peripheral camera with a desktop machine, but nevertheless, having camera trouble. My first question would be the same thing. We got to know, is it built in? Does it work with something else? Try to see if it will work with Skype. Check to see if there's other alternatives. Uh, Google's got several that will actually enhance and use online video chats, uh, Hangouts, for example. Uh, if it doesn't work in any of them, then you got to start looking at the hardware. First thing to check, however, if you're in Windows, would be to go into your device manager to make certain that your drivers are set up properly. Once that's done, if it's a peripheral piece, it should have come with some kind of testing software. Could also be a conflict with the video card or... The, uh, the sound card as well. If it isn't all right, it's just not going to happen at all. And it sounds to me like this is more of a memory addressing issue, but I think the proper drivers and uninstalling possibly display, sound, and camera all at once and then reboot Windows, it might just pick it up and take off. But without knowing all the specifics, that's a tough one to answer. Um, Doug, follow up on how we started the show talking about how cheap uh, solid-state drives are right now and uh, the easy availability. Someone was wondering, what does it typically cost to update a a machine to a solid-state drive and maybe take it from Windows 7 or or Windows 8 and and update it to Windows 10? What what, what does it take to to get a machine, an older machine, up-to-date, so to speak? Well, if it's at my house, labor and everything, it's probably going to be less than $250 with, because I don't sell hardware. Um, but if I pick it up, I'll generally pick up a 256 or a 240 gig solid state. Today, I get those for about $30. If it's a desktop that doesn't have the actual fittings for a two and a half inch drive, I spend another $15 for a, for a carriage to hang on to it. And there are cheaper carriages, but I like the, the ones that put the, the connectors in the exact same spot. Uh, so grand total in hardware, you're going to have about 50 bucks. And if they're willing to leave it at my house for a couple of days, I'll do it for a flat fee of $200, uh, sometimes even less if, if I can't do a dual boot. 
But when they get it back, they've got Windows 10 and Linux run both on both sides. And generally, I could put their data on both sides as well. So they have two live working copies of their data, a copy up in the clouds, and one on the original hard drive. So when they leave my house, they've got four copies of their data. Works out real well. So usually I tell people to think about 200 to $250, and they should be right there, just spot on. And you might not think your computer's worth that today. When I'm done with it, it absolutely will be. And I walk that line every day. If I even get an inkle that it's not going to last a year, I call the customer and tell them. There, there's no sense in, in going on. They're, they don't need that kind of nonsense, and neither do I. But it's very affordable. Not to mention, Steve, these people really, if they study a little bit, they could do it themselves as well. Now they've got nothing more than the parts than the cost of hardware. But make sure you get copies of your data. It really is a good idea. But in this case, they pull their old hard drive out. They've got a copy. Just remember what you changed so you can change it back if you need to. It's much simpler than what you think. And there's information on the Internet everywhere regarding this. That was a great question. All right, quick break. By the way, we'll have Doug's phone number and email at the end of the program today. It is 1116. Phone lines are open. Text line is open always. 651-989-9226. We'll come back and tech talk with Doug in a moment here on News Talk, 830-WCCO. We continue on Tag Talk. Doug Swinhart is joining us, as always. And the phone number is 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. Use that to call or text this program and all our programs here on News Talk, A3O-WCCO. And let's go to those phone lines right now. And uh, we are going to start today on the program with uh, Dennis in Stillwater. Dennis, you're on the air. Hello. Yeah, I have a Windows 10 computer, and I must have got something screwed up on the computer because now every time I want to do something, it comes up with a little side menu. And it's got about 10 options in that side menu, but it won't let me go on. Is that over on the right side of your screen? Because if it is, that's normal notifications. You should be able to go in there and click each one, and it will indicate if something's missing or if some configuration issue has been changed. If that's Where on the I... right side, that's normal in Windows 10. Okay, cause, yeah, because now I'm clicking on the left, and I get this menu with arrows on top, and one, two, three, four, five, six, eight elements. But I don't know where I can If I click on each one, it takes me to someplace different. And then it's got like a a property of my hard drive. Ah, yeah. I'll tell you what. Give me a call later, either today or next week. Connect up remotely. I think I know what you got going on here. It's um, it's actually splitting the processes. And with so many notices, I think you're getting the notices on top of the error messages. Yeah, these will have to be addressed. And I I think it'll just be too lengthy on the radio. But I'd like to help you with that, sir. And thank you for the call. I wish I could have been. A little bit more help. All right, Dennis, we'll have his number and email at the end of the program. And sometimes, and I think that's maybe the frustration with a lot of uh, computer users, is that they they go down some sort of rabbit hole on their computer 
And A, they don't know how to get out of it or how to get rid of it. One of the most annoying things that happens to me is I'll be in Outlook and I'll click on something by mistake. I might be talking on the phone and hit the mouse button and all of a sudden the look of Outlook itself has changed and I got to play around a little bit to get it back to what I'm used to because you can kind of change how it's arranged and this, that, and the other thing. And I think that's what's frustrating is it's like, I wish there was just a magical restore. Whatever I did, can I get it back to the way it was button? This has been one of the major, really large concerns and complaints with uh, Outlook and Office Online. That yeah. If you happen to hit one small little button, you may spend a half an hour to 45 minutes, possibly even an hour getting it back the way you had it set up. Yeah, this is um, th- this is really strange how this is all working. And it could have been a button that was inside of an email even, I've heard. And when I first heard it, I thought, well, you must have hit something on the menu. But as I'm looking at this, they actually take it right back to the default outlook, which is just really strange. I, I couldn't agree more. I think Microsoft needs to really address that issue with outlook. Uh, businesses will not put up with their employees losing a half an hour, 40 minutes every other day at work. It just can't. They just can't. Um, that, this is a huge issue, Steve. You are not the only one to suffer with this one. Yeah, and, and it is frustrating. And I, and I know people can get into areas and do things that they didn't want to do. And then it's kind of like, what did I do and how do I undo that? that, that that's been a challenge uh, in, in computing for a long time. A lot of trial and error involved in trying to fix some of that. Let's go to Trish in Apple Valley. Trish, you're on Tech Talk. Hello. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Um, while, while cleaning out a closet, I ran into um, a box with my old Windows 98 Dell Inspiron 4000 laptop, and it had enough battery life to boot it up. And so I booted it up, and I thought, oh, wow, it's, everything looks great. And there were some games on there I wanted to transfer onto a, 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 a CD. Uh, the CD drive was working. I, have, oh my. I, had, a CD, I had a CD with um, a game on it, and I put that in there, and it worked, and everything worked fine. So then I took the exact same CD. They're both rewrite drives, uh, CDs, and it came, the error comes up, but it said disk is full, no space. So I took that blank one and I put it in my new laptop, Windows 8, and it, it, the drive came up and it said, you know, complete 100, all this space available. It was, you know, the, the circle was all blue for space available. So what, why would it work? Why? Is it, why? <laughs> uh, actually, I think what you're dealing with here is you're, you're dealing with two different formats of the, of the optical drive. If you have an optical drive that... Say, for example, is a DVD, and the DVDs will actually go all the way up to Blu-ray, and they will hold, I think it's about 40 gigabytes now, but in the older one, you probably have a CD optical drive, chances are, and they'll go up to 660 megabytes, so it really, your old computer just can't read that format. That doesn't mean you can't transfer. That old laptop, by the way, that's, that's still usable. Uh, you could get a, a low-end uh, version of Linux and have that baby right back on the Internet in no time flat. I, I love this old equipment. Some of this is built really well. Uh, I wish I had an instant answer for you, 
I think it has to do with the formats of the optical drives. And I hope that helps, and thank you for the call. Let's go to Bob in Maple Grove. Bob, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good. Good. Say, Doug, I left you a message. Uh, This is Bob, and um, you can ignore that. I'm just going to ask you a quick question. I am a computer neophyte, okay, but um, I've got an iPad, an Apple iPad, and um, the issue I'm having is with Facebook. Okay, I used to have an icon down at the bottom of my screen uh, for uh, Facebook. Um, For some reason, that just went away. And I went on Google, and I typed in Facebook. And I I actually have to log in each time uh, that I want to go on Facebook. And and when I do that, Facebook looks really different than it used to. Yeah. Um, and and the other thing is, I can't. I used to be able to send photos from my gallery uh, to post on Facebook. I can't do that now. It, it when I do it, it it shows mail and something else, but not Facebook. Yeah, you're um, when you're attaching Facebook. Via a web browser, that's completely different than that app that you had um, on your on your iPad. I think it's a tablet on your iPad. You you should try to go to the Apple Store and see if you can re-download that Facebook app that that goes right directly for that computer. And I, I'm quite sure you can. It may even already be installed on your machine. Check under your Applications folder as well. It could be there, and you could have just lost the, the actual desktop link, the shortcut, so to speak. And if you happen to, to, to lose it, go to the Apple Store. I'm quite certain you're going to be able to find it there. Just pop in Facebook in the search box and find it and download it and let the good times roll. And worst case scenario, you can always give Apple a call, and generally they'll help you with something like that in a couple of minutes. But I think the Apple Store is your answer with this one. And thank you for the call, and have a good weekend. Quick break, we'll have the weather and then much more Tech Talk with Doug here on News Talk, 830-WCCO. It is Tech Talk, Doug Swinhart, Saturdays between 11 a.m. and noon. A week ago, we were on Sunday afternoon, and uh, we appreciate all the calls and texts we got on the program that day. But once again, back at our normal time now, and let's go to those phone lines. Uh, Let's bring in uh, Ray in Richfield. Ray, you're on the air. How you doing, Doug? Hi, guys. Hi, Ray. What's up? Hello. I need a uh, new printer. What do you suggest I get? My printer quit on me. Oh, no. I would, um, I'd probably be looking at an HP, HP printer line. It's just hard to beat, but there are so many good printers out there. I would tell you that don't go too cheap and don't go too expensive, of course. But if you, got, if you go really bottom of the line... It just doesn't pay. Um, I like the Epson line, the new Echo Tank line. If you're doing a lot of printing, that would probably be the one of my first favorites. But anything in the HP line, you're you, you're just bound to be a okay. And you get that, give me a call, and I'll get you set up in a hurry. I know you tried to call me a couple times, and been so busy, I just haven't had a chance to get back to you. But thank you for the call, and um, and be well. Yeah, and printers. Uh... Pretty easy to set up, but follow that quick start guide. We brought that up on the program before. You know, don't don't assume 
follow the instructions. They always come with a quick start guide. Make make sure you follow that step-by-step, and you should have no problem. Oh, indeed. You know, this is one area where you really do want to peruse the manual before you ever begin, and especially with new printers. Uh, you got to make sure you got all the packing material out, and they pack these things up so when they ship them, they don't get damaged. I've had experience where people call, I've got everything done, ready to go. Well, there's one little piece of styrofoam in there yet that they just didn't quite get out. So it really is important to follow the instructions. One of the big things with these things is it used to be you'd connect all your hardware, then you'd install your software. But printers today are not always that way. Sometimes they want you to start the software procedure, then plug the computer or the printer into the computer or attach it to the Wi-Fi to find it in the middle of that install. And it's important that you do that in the right order. So, yeah, read your manual should be no problem. It is getting much easier. And with the web print today, if it can get to the web, you're golden. couple minutes, 15, 20 minutes at the most. you got it all configured. You're scanning, printing, and the whole nine yards. Yeah, it's been great. We, we have one. Um, all the Chromebooks, my wife has a MacBook she brings home from work, all the devices connect to that printer, and uh, we've had no issues. But once again, uh, it, it kind of works with the router and then uh, the computers from there, and, it, and it's worked out beautifully. Let's go to Dave in Brooklyn Center. Dave, you're on Tech Talk. Hello. Hi, Doug. Uh, I have a Pentium 4 with a SATA interface running XP, and I'm building a dual-boot system here. Uh, I want to put a solid-state drive in there, but all the specs that I see on solid-state drives says they only support Windows 7 through 10, and I guess I don't see enough difference between XP and 7 to preclude this from working. Uh, what, what do you think there? Or as an alternative, where can I purchase a copy of 7 because I don't want 8 or 10? Thanks. Oh, that's an exceptional question. That's that's way good. First of all, if you want to keep XP and you want to put it on a solid-state drive, you can certainly do that. And there are several ways that you can go about that. Um, as far as picking up a copy of Windows 7, today you should be able to download an ISO that's, uh, that will allow you to create a bootable Windows 7 and just install it and let the good times roll. That's this is really a perfect machine, by the way, to be a dual boot with Linux, whether you keep XP uh, or go to 7 or possibly even 8. But if you go with 8, then you're going to have to purchase a copy, and that you'd have to buy directly from Micro Center or Microsoft or someplace online that, that has it for sale. But this is doable. This is absolutely doable. And hats off to you for keeping that old equipment running. And there are certain places in the world, in England I know for sure, that they, XP is still getting updates. I'm not certain how Microsoft is taking care of this. I don't know what their whole plan is. I, I wish that they would actually allow it to come back in the States. Many people would prefer XP, as long as they were safe and were up to date. Must have a commercial antivirus. And the problem with that today is finding an antivirus that will support XP. There are several out there. Not many, but there still are several. And there, you got to have that for XP for sure. Great call. Thank you so much. Yeah, we, we have a machine, a uh, couple of machines that run on XP. Now, they're not on the Internet, but, but they run equipment, 
and they, they've run beautifully for years and years and years. And it gets back to the old adage, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. These machines work great with XP. Once again, they're not hooked up to the network at work. They're not connected to the outside world. They kind of run in their own world, and they run just fine. So that that, that was a good good operating system let's continue on the phone lines here on tech talk bring in carol and anoka uh carol you're on the air hello hi guys grandma needs help my granddaughter sent me some photos from her cell phone to my computer i need to print four by six pictures and they're huge how do i change the size you know that's interesting that you bring that up most printers if you are sending a photo to a printer and it's a photo printer, will automatically adjust the size. If your printer isn't a photo printer, you're going to probably have to download something like um, a GIMP, GIMP, Graphics Image Manipulation Program, and you can download that, download that free of charge. Just go to google.com and in the search box type in uh, GIMP space free space download, and it'll take you right there. And that you can actually use to size it down. And when you first look at at GIMP, you'll go, oh, my God, I can't figure this out. But it's like four deals in from the top menu. I think it's under image. And you can just resize it to the size that you want. You can use pixels. You can use inches. Either way. And then you should be able to print that. Uh, Great call. Great, great call. And thank you so much, and have a good weekend. Yeah, and once you get the hang of that, it's it's, it's really easy to ma- manipulate uh, the size of those. But, uh, yeah, it can take a little time. Once you get it figured out once, and it's like riding a bike, that's for sure. Uh, let's go to Ken. He's in Anoka as well. Uh, Ken, you're on the air. Yes, thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Good morning, uh, Steve and Doug. Uh, yes, I sat down to do my uh, taxes, uh, and to much to my chagrin, uh, TurboTax says I need Windows, at least Windows 10. Our computer is an HP. It's a tower, and it's, it's, it's quite old. Uh, so we were thinking about being in the market this week, uh, checking out Micro Center for a refurbished computer. We don't want to go too far over $300 for a refurbished or maybe a new. Uh, I just called you to, to get some pointers before we start looking. Oh, absolutely. Um, if I've come to the conclusion, by the way, with refurbs. I've had some experiences with uh, with uh, eBay and Amazon.com with refurbs, and I probably am going to stick to buying local. Um, it, it's just too much of a hassle to be shipping stuff back, and I really have not had too many failures there. I had to exchange them at Micro Center. If you're thinking in terms of a refurb, Micro Center is your place. I would suggest if you're looking for a Windows 10 refurb that you look for one that will give you an i5 processor minimum, quad processor, preferably 8 gigs of RAM, and a small SSD drive. That'll keep you down around three to three to $400. You should be able to get a nice desktop in a refurb for that. And just jump online, microcenter.com, and go over to where the selection is and select computers and refurbs. And do a sort lowest price first and take a look. But I would definitely, definitely say you want a quad processor, 8 gigs of RAM, and if possible, a solid-state drive. But a solid-state drive could be updated later as well. Yes, that's absolutely your, your way to go. And thank you for the call, and good luck. 
15 minutes now in front of 12 noon. Quick break. We'll have more on Tech Talk with Doug Swindahart. It is Tech Talk with Doug Swindahart. I'm Steve Thompson. Big thanks to Jonathan Lowe, our producer. Uh, he took over at 10 a.m. from Dennis Matuzak. We can't do it without uh, the producers holding down the fort in the studios. Uh, once again, uh, time is very tight. We're going to try to get to all of these calls before the end of the program. Let's start with Chris in Lakeville. Chris, you're on the air. Hi. I have a question about my home computer. Um, we have Windows 10. We were using a local account. I now get the error logged in with temporary profile, and I can't pull up any of the Windows applications. Oh, that's interesting. That It looks to me like your account has automatically changed to an online account, hmm. and you should be able to go underneath your settings okay. and look for a different user. Make, make certain that your original profile is intact. If not, you're going to have to pull that data off as an administrator and then recreate that account. I actually agree with the way that this was configured. I think that Windows 10 runs better, and it, it's, it's better behaved as a local account than it is an online account. But if somebody came in and logged in with their online account, that actually is going to just automatically take precedence. And it can be a little effort to, to undo that. If, if you have trouble with that, give me a call next week, and, and I should be able to work you through it in half an hour or so and find your data, at least get you pointed in the right direction. And thank you for the call. By the way, Steve, this is happening to people quite a bit with Windows 10, is this, this changing of the, of the account formats. And I, I think they need to address this. Too many people are having too many issues, uh, and I don't see the purpose. I just don't quite understand it. And thank you for the call. All right, let's go to the phone lines again. Nancy and Edina, you're on the air. Hello. Uh, hi, Doug. I have a, a Lenovo Edge 2 laptop, Windows 10. Yesterday I turned it on, and it said, Microsoft would like to update your program. I ignored it, but is that something I should have done? <clears throat> it just A little screen came on that said, uh, updating Microsoft. Is that what they're doing? Uh, yeah, if you've got a newer computer, especially if it's in warranty, and you're definitely going to want to make sure that you're getting your updates. This is one thing that I think, Steve, that we're going to have to start encouraging people to do like we do with backups and making copies. you got to get to understand a little bit more about the Windows updates, why they're important, what you can do to control somewhat of the updates, and there's that's getting better. They... they they have now there's software available that you can download free of charge and take control of the updates and actually select security only and not take the feature updates or the full blown change my operating system at the at the drop of a hat. Uh, if this thing, for example, is wanting to update a driver, uh, then I would question it. And remember, if you have just a little bit of knowledge, and like you said earlier, Steve, I think that's great advice. Might be a little effort the first time through, but second, third, just like riding a bike, you just do it automatically, naturally. Take the time and learn how to do that. It really is important. I think that you should get these updates, and I hope that helps. And thank you so much for the call. 
We're going to try and squeeze in some texts in a moment here at the end of the program. We go to Becky in Maple Grove first. Becky, please go quick. Okay. Um, this is regarding uh, updates on um, Mac operating systems. Uh, we have Macs that range in age from about 2007 to 2012 or 13. And I'm starting to run into issues with the operating systems being too old to be able to update to the most current operating system. Indeed. And also issues because the um, we run um, Adobe Photoshop. And so my husband didn't want me to update a couple of years ago to the most current operating system because Photoshop wouldn't be compatible anymore. Right. And now I'm running into other compatibility issues. And Doug, you've worked on my computers before. Um, so I'm running into other compatibility issues now, like printing, getting kind of basic here. Yeah. Uh, and so I wanted to update the operating system to the most current that I could. And then I found out that, well, okay, now I can't even update to very current on some of them because yeah, this gets, this they're getting gets, too this old. Gets pretty, this gets pretty hairy with the Apple server. This is uh, with the Apple server. You need to be connected to the Internet to actually run a fresh install. Now, there are several websites on the net that will give you instructions on how to get those things installed, even on computers that Apple no longer authorizes for the updates. One thing I'm going to tell you about the 2007, 8, and 9, and possibly even early 10, if you go beyond... El Capitan and jump into Sierra and High Sierra, you might experience some quite severe heat increases. And you should give me a call next week and I'll tell you kind of what, what I do in this instance. There are alternatives. And just the Photoshop alone, GIMP would be a perfect, perfect replacement for that. And that'll go with anything. Mac, Linux, Windows, it doesn't care. Right. But give me a call next week, and I'll help you out with that. Yeah, and this this gets to be a challenge with Macs. We have some old Mac equipment around here, and you and I have talked about that off the air, and that 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 can be uh, a lot to take on. And uh, once again, Doug, uh, we're we're getting really tight on time here at the end of the program. Not mm-hmm. really fair to be uh, or not enough time to be fair to another caller or even get into any more text. But we should. Uh, find out how people reach you, your phone number and email, et cetera. Oh, thank you, Steve. 651-552-9543. And, of course, WCCOTech.com, WCCOTECH.com, 651-552-9543. And thank you so much, Steve, and we'll see you next week. All right, Doug, have a great week, and thanks, as always, for the time. My pleasure. All right, there he is, Doug Swinahart, and that is Tech Talk, and we're on the air Saturdays between 11 and noon. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t